0: Hi, Matt. Matt, I don't think your audio is working. No, I I could see your video, but your audio is not... Yeah, no, d- don't worry about it. I'll just do this one myself. Click next to continue. Welcome to this episode of Click Next to Continue. I'm Raf Darnowski, and... Today's episode, a little bit different, um, tackling a topic that's, I guess, uh, not quite in the learning space, uh, which is basically looking at, hey, how do we deal with working remotely, Uh, which is something that a lot of us can find challenging uh, if we haven't done it before. And beyond, I guess, the technology aspects of it and the infrastructure aspects, there's there's a lot to consider around state of mind and, and staying connected and... And how you stay productive uh, in this space, and I guess deal with some of the anxieties of a rapidly changing work environment. Um, while on top, obviously uh, of that, we've also got the current crisis that is obviously uh, going to be impacting our well-being and state of mind and all that sort of thing. Now, I am not going to say I have any, I guess, real expertise in terms of hey, here's some great methods of, of maintaining your well-being, um, but. I have been remote working uh, for about five odd years. Um, so, what I thought I could do um, is I could share my experience of transitioning from a nine to five in the office environment um, to an environment where all of a sudden I found myself at home um, and, and, and it. Felt quite weird and and, and almost a little bit naked. Um, I didn't have the office around me so it was quite a big transition and and, and what I can do is I can share I guess some of the traps that I fell into Um, and then I guess some of the techniques that over time I've developed um, to keep myself productive um, and keep myself sane. So hopefully some of these resonate for you. Um, And and at the end of this episode, I'd I'd also encourage everyone to share um, uh, any tips they have. So I guess I'll go through the traps that I fell into and then speak to some of the mitigations of of those traps that I fell into. So um, one of the big challenges is that a lot of people, when they start working from home, it kind of slowly shifts into a state where you're living at work. Um, and, and because normally we have, I guess, a physical separation from our workplace. So I go somewhere and I'm in a work state of mind and I'm doing work and, and that's the environment that I can do work. And I jump in my car or on a tram or ride my bike. I get home and that's my home invite. There's that really clear um, physical boundary Um, And that gives us a really nice way of disconnecting from work. And then obviously, you know, mobile technology and all that sort of thing, getting emails on your phone started to blur those lines. um, And that was even a bit dangerous. But when you start working from home, you really run the risk if you're not careful of ending up in a situation where you're actually living at work. um, And work starts to dominate your entire being at home. Um, And this is one of the traps I fell into where, you know, My work setup is just in my study, so I can pop in there at any time, I can check some emails, um, I can always do something, I'll make sure that all the documents and stuff I'm working on are open just in case I want to fiddle with something at some point, you know, late night, weekends, all that sort of thing. It ended up being that I I was always staying connected with work which meant that everything was based around that, my decision-making of um, when I'm going to go out for lunch or what I'm going to do on the weekend or what time I wake up was all based around, well, work's just right there and I can be doing work. Um, There was just this drive that if I'm not working, why am I not working? Um, So some of the, I guess, techniques for trying to change this, and they're going to sound quite basic, um, but one setting yourself a routine so you do have a routine of transitioning from being at home to being at work um and and this is really basic stuff um so things like in the morning getting up and and getting dressed for work um so to a degree i guess being able to go okay yep i wake up i have breakfast i get ready have a shower all that sort of jazz and then i make myself look i guess professional and then i go to work so be it at 8am, 9am, whatever it happens to be, I go to work and I go, yep, now I've transitioned into work. Um, And then at the end of the day, having some kind of routine that is the routine you have that dictates you are um, stopping work. And this sounds really basic, uh, but when you think about it, um, when you've got a little kid, one of the big things they talk about to get them uh, sleeping at the right time is to have a routine that kind of, I guess, gets them ready to go to sleep. Um, and I guess the same in the mornings, you need a bit of a routine to get them going, otherwise you have a cranky toddler for the rest of the day. So working out what your routine is, and it can be really basic stuff. So just the point of having breakfast, having a coffee, reading a paper, reading the news, or whatever it is, um, and always doing that consistently and at the same time, gives you that, I guess, consistent transitioning routine to get into state of mind for work. And at the end of the day, and this is probably super important, doing something that signifies you're definitely done. Um, so one of the things I do is I pack up all my work stuff as much as possible. And obviously this is gonna be challenging if, if you've kind of you know transitioned to working from home and you've got everything set up on the kitchen uh, bench or something like that. Um, but just being able to get your notes, uh, your laptop, Whatever it happens to be, pack it all up, put it in your work bag, put it away, put it out of line of sight, so that during the course of going around your house, you don't keep catching, I guess, your workspace and your vision, which will then trigger you to think about work. And you kind of end up again, going back to that state of mind. So just tidying everything up and returning your house that there's no evidence that you've done work, probably a really good way to ensuring you've got one, the routine of packing everything up and going home. And I was just doing quotation marks, which don't really do um, well on a podcast, but having that routine really does help quite a lot. The other thing that helps is I guess just getting out. So I think what I find is if I've had a really intense day, that routine of finishing up for the day has to be extended or, or bolstered a bit. Because again, like normally, if you've got the physical routine of you've left work and coming home, that's, that's a really big, I guess, event that can flick your mind out of being at work and going home. If you've had a really intense day, sometimes the, I guess, the standard routine of, hey, pack this stuff up or that sort of thing isn't quite enough. And, and what I've been finding is having my workday punctuated with going out for a walk actually really really helps me be able to clearly um i guess mentally delineate between yes i finished work and i've done this activity that completely breaks away from work and then i go off and then i literally come home so i've gone for my walk which is i guess a a pseudo commute and then I come home and then I'm ready to go and, you know, it, it's as though I have literally come home from work. Um, I've had the physicality of opening the door and all that sort of thing. I guess, yeah, that that, that really does help kind of be a more definitive physical punctuation of my workday. And again, it also allows me to, I guess, you know, clear my mind, you know, going for a walk. Um, I generally try and avoid having headphones in when I'm going on the walk. So I'm actually absorbing the environment, the birds, the wind. If it's raining the rain, um, if I've got my dogs with me, seeing what they're up to, if I've got my uh, kids with me, just really engaging with that. So making sure that when I'm out, I'm really absorbing the environment I'm in. Because again, I'm focusing on those cues rather than thinking about something that I might potentially be doing tomorrow or leftover from the workday. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk a little bit about is, I guess, the technology side of things. So one of, I guess, the big things that we've seen is all of a sudden we're using technologies that previously wouldn't have been using too much. Um, I guess the most obvious one is virtual conferencing. Um, and then on top of that, depending on your role, you have may have other collaboration tools and other communication methods um, that you um, need to adopt uh, in order to get your job done. So from a technology standpoint, one of the big things is a lot of people have anxiety around using a new technology and getting into a rhythm with it. So I guess if all of a sudden you've started using WebEx, you've started using Zoom, um, or you've started using other virtual conferencing technologies, um, there's there's memes out there about, you know, the, the virtual conference bingo, how's your audio working, how your camera's not off, all that sort of thing. Um, and I guess that one burns time if, if whenever you're having a meeting, you're sort of going through that. Um, But also, I guess, it causes anxiety because you're spending time on something that isn't, I guess, your end goal. And there's a sense of, I guess, I'm not being as professional as I could be. So one of the ways I've I've sort of been um, able to mitigate that is have a little checklist to go through for each of these technologies if I'm facilitating a session. And that's a checklist one for myself, but also for other participants. Because I guess in particular right now, we've probably got a lot of people that they are involved in your sessions or they're involved in your meetings or whatever happens to be and they're not familiar with the technology and they do need a little bit of help now and then because again if someone's been used to going to -to face-to-face meetings for most of their career and really avoided actively um, having any virtual sessions being able to log into webex making sure their audio is working troubleshooting their audio all these things are going to be quite tricky so working out okay well hypothetically what are the common things that are going to go wrong So I guess one, audio is a big, 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 big one that usually goes wrong with virtual technologies. And then cameras and sharing screens and all that sort of thing are secondary. So if you can take it upon yourself to one, come up with a checklist for yourself to ensure that the session starts correctly and to make sure that you're ready. Things like um, if you're using a headset that is battery powered, making sure that headset's actually up to speed, making sure that that is the audio channel you've selected. So for example, when I'm at home, I've got my PC speakers, which will be playing music or whatever through the day. And then when I jump on a call, I've got a headset that I put on. And you know, the common catch there is I jump into the conference, start, and the audio for the conference is coming through my computer speakers, rather through my headset. So just having a little checklist so it's smooth for you and doesn't cause any anxiety and then having a checklist of how do you help participants. To the point around audio, the common thing that happens is people can't get the audio working on their computer. So having a method of how do you communicate with someone who is having this, because obviously, sometimes you can talk to them and you get that situation of them pointing and trying to talk at you and indicating they can hear you, but they can't communicate back to you. But also for people who are just in the meeting and clearly there's just no response from them, so um, nothing going on. What's the chat feature within the tool you're using? How do you reach out to them? And is that chat feature obvious enough? Or is it a case of, you know, trying to reach out to for that chat feature? If you can't, if you've got their mobile phone, flick them a message or give them a quick call and go, hey, how are you going with this stuff? Is it all okay? And potentially having some instructions for them to back it up. So if they are really, really, really struggling with getting their audio working on their computer, giving them the option of dialing in and then sharing your screen. And that way, you know, people participating via two accounts, they've dialed in for the audio and been able to communicate and they're still able to see your screen. But yeah, kind of working out ways of mitigating this. And there's quite a lot out there in terms of free information around how to troubleshoot WebEx, Zoom, Hangouts, um, Slack, because these are common issues that do happen. And again, if, if people haven't previously been using these technologies, their hardware may not even been set up correctly to work with it all. And I guess making the person who is experiencing these issues not feel like they're causing a hindrance, making it feel like, yeah, this is this is part and parcel of using some of these technologies. We're all learning. It happens. It's not in anyone's control. It's not anyone's fault. Putting them at ease so when the session does actually get going, they're not kind of a bit in the back of the room shy like, oh, sorry about that and all that. We're all in the same boat right now. and. Even if you know the technology back to front, inside out, it still always does weird stuff down the track. So accepting the fact that it is a little bit more challenging, um, accepting the fact you are in a different environment, hiccups do happen, and there's ways around those hiccups. Um, So making sure that you've got those kind of mitigation plans in place. On that technology front, um, the other thing to consider is, how do you stay in touch informally with your colleagues? So obviously when you go home, You've got your virtual sessions um, and and they play a part for meetings. Um, You've got your emails, which previously you would have used, I guess, for formal communications. But how do you still retain that kind of just connecting with a colleague, popping over to their desk, having a bit of a chat, allowing that chat to be work and a bit of outside of work, a bit more casual, relaxed. How do you create that? Um, And again, depending on your organization, there may be some tools in place that already do that. Um, Perhaps, um, you know, you've got Facebook Workplace um, or you've got Microsoft Teams or you've got another tool that sort of does it. Um, For me um, and and where I work, uh, we've been using Slack for years and Slack is fantastic for a few reasons. One, it's free um, if you only have a small group of users and you don't need to store your message for uh, for a really long time. It also has a tool built in, so you can actually have a virtual call with someone. Um, and you know, we have channels where we just share things. Um, like one of our channels is humble brag, uh, and you just humble brag in there. So you know, someone's baked a really awesome banana cake. Bam! It goes in that channel. Everyone has a look at it. All that sort of thing. I have to admit, my humble brags are probably quite focused on uh, my two kids um, and it just allows you to still connect on that interpersonal level not entirely focused on work um, and just allowing to have that connectivity with your colleagues and allowing that conversation to happen because if all of a sudden you're working in a bubble and all your communication is just fixed on work you don't have an outlet for oh yeah my daughter did this or here's something cool I did oh yeah I just bought this bike and I took it for a ride over the weekend. Like. You lose that and all of a sudden you kind of end up built up with all these stories with no one to share it to. Um, And eventually uh, your partner's probably going to get sick of hearing those stories because you're just outletting there. Um, But also you you kind of lose that sense of connectivity with your colleagues and and connectivity, or I guess the life you've had, um, because having a method of communicating that informal stuff and staying connected is really, really important too. The last kind of area I'm going to touch on um, is, I guess, staying productive. So one of the traps uh, I fell into was how do I stay motivated? And and I kind of went probably too far the other way where I went, right, I'm working at home and the way I'm gonna prove that I'm working at home is working crazy hours. Um, So, you know, start 7 a.m., finish 7.30 and all that sort of thing and just be doing stuff so that when I punch my timesheet, it's like, look at all the stuff I did. And that's, I guess, a good way to show that you're busy Um, But it doesn't mean you've been productive. Um, And I think there's a big difference between being busy and being productive. Um, But for me, being busy means that you have been doing something. Being productive is achieving outcomes. Um, So one of the big things is being able to set yourself the goal outcomes for the day and letting that steer how you approach your day. And this may be a conversation with your manager to say, hey, at the start of the day, I'm gonna go, this is this is what I'm gonna achieve. Um, and if achieving that doesn't necessarily have to happen about five or six or whatever it happens to be, allowing your day to be a little bit fragmented to stay productive, to allow for distractions. So what I mean by that is obviously now you're working from home and you may have distractions, you know, The courier comes and delivers a package, or the kids keep coming in and wanting to do something, um, or you have to help your partner out with something because now you're around and you're actually able to. And if you view that being busy is how you demonstrate your value, then you're going to want to dismiss these things and get frustrated that they're occurring and get back to work. Um, Because, you know, five o'clock or six or seven, that's when you need to finish up. If, on the other hand, you're comfortable with, hey, here's the outcomes I need to achieve for the day, and you go, okay, well, I'm gonna accept this distraction. Um, My daughter's come in, and she wants to play ponies. Go, go play ponies. Um, Because the thing is, um, especially if you've got kids, they don't understand that you're working from home and you're working, Um, so they're just gonna be like, hey, cool, mum or dad are home, and I've got some more time to play with them. And if you dismiss them, they're gonna keep coming back um they 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 obviously don't understand what's sort of happening and and you don't want to i guess be in that situation um where i'm sure we've all seen the clip on tv where the guy was being interviewed on the news live and his kid kind of came in and he was just trying to ignore it mainly because trying to ignore that distraction made it worse um and now he's a meme which you generally don't want to be a meme um so uh, uh, accepting the distractions and going, okay, yeah, I can, I can roll this distraction. It'll take up a bit of my time, but it's not gonna impact the outcome I achieve because I can still do that a little bit later. I've got a little bit more flexibility in my hours. you know. So being focused on the outcomes I mean you're still delivering the value you need to to prove, I guess, to yourself and your managers that, hey, what you needed me to do, doing it. Um, it allows you to be productive because it means that you don't kind of sit there and just try and plow through an issue because you can just go off and have a bit of a wander and clear your mind and come back to it. And it also means you get less anxious and pent up and stressed about the distractions that will happen. You are now in an environment at home where these distractions will happen. So it allows you to be more comfortable with, yep, distractions happened, no worries, I can deal with them and I can just kind of allow them to be part of my day um, and kind of make your workday flow a little bit around what's happening um, obviously, with still that really definitive punctuation of, hey, I've finished working now and I'm going to cut things off, and so you can actually focus on um, home life. So, for me, those are probably, I guess, the, the key things I want to highlight in terms of some of the traps I've fallen into um, and some of the techniques I have for avoiding those traps. And I guess, one, keeping productive, two, keeping sane, um, and three, staying connected. Uh, with, I guess, my colleagues and, 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 and uh, making sure I still get an opportunity to have similar experiences and conversations and connection with the people I work with. Um, from here, if, if you have any other tips you'd like to share, uh, I'd definitely love for you to share them um, via any of the channels, so uh, be it on our Twitter feed or be it on the LinkedIn post or whatever it is. Um, I hope some of these things have, I guess, um, given you some takeaway tips I also hope that maybe this has relaxed you a little bit around just working remotely, that if you're working remotely, then some of the things that may be perceived as unprofessional, so you're on a video call, a kick comes in, it's accepted. People accept it, they're gonna be forgiving of it. Um, So don't worry about those things too much. Distractions will happen. Um, And thanks, thanks for listening. Next, to continue.